we find that the center of our fatigue is actually in our gut. And our gut is talking to our hormones for women and men, actually. And our gut is talking to our immune system. Our gut is talking to our brain. And when you get that trifecta, the gut, the hormones, and the immune system right, then you will start to heal your body. Welcome back to an all-new season of Off the Gram, the show where we bring you straight into the trenches with us to help you live your best life, channel your inner girl boss, and navigate the ever-changing landscapes of wellness and social media. Woo! Hey, ladies. Heidi here. Listeners, you may have noticed last week, this season, we'll start each show by filling you in on exactly what the show is about, so you know exactly what you're in for. Today's episode deals with a loaded topic, sleep. So listen in today if you are sick and tired of being sick and tired, you always feel like you're at the end of your rope, you're clueless about how much sleep you should actually be getting, Or if you want to have the energy you see other folks have, but don't think it's possible for you. Megs, did you have something to say? Okay, so time for a little rant. I am VIP, which means very into pumpkin. This is my season. This is my time of year. I want to eat pumpkin. I want to carve pumpkins. I want to smell like pumpkin. I am VIP. I will go to Trader Joe's after this and buy everything pumpkin in twos, freeze half of it because I can't get enough pumpkin. I'm actually toying with the idea of doing a 31-day pumpkin challenge where I only eat pumpkin things in the month of October. But this is blowing my mind. Some people don't like pumpkin. Well, I also think that like in the modern lexicon, all things pumpkin have have just been equated with like basic bitch ism, right? It like really has become the sociocultural it's, meme of all memes that it's like a pumpkin, new matcha latte. Okay. It's the, it's the new matcha latte. That like all things pumpkin mean, you know, a big sweater, Ugg boots, and all of your pictures from the apple orchard, which it kind of does, and I'm kind of here for it. I'm not gonna lie. And pumpkin picking. And pumpkin picking. Look, I think when you have kids. It's a whole different story, right? Because, like, there's something to be said for, like, obviously taking a hayride and going pumpkin picking with your kids is magical and Halloween is magical. I think this came more from the 20 and 30-something-year-old female population that's on Instagram doing all the things, taking all the photo moments with their pumpkin spice latte. Am I right? I totally, I totally agree with you, Jame. And this is Heidi here. And listen, it is no secret that I am a summer girl. I'm a Leo. I love the sun. I love the warmth. I hate cold. My fingers turn yellow. I hate cold. My lips turn blue. And so I associate the pumpkin flavoring with fall and things getting colder. So I get like really annoyed if it comes on too early. But I will always say that my very favorite thing about fall is that it's kabocha season, which for anyone who doesn't know is Japanese pumpkin, and it's my favorite pumpkin. Right, can you make um, me yeah. something kabocha? I've never seen that? this. What is kabocha? it? Kabocha? Yeah. <gasps> it's my favorite food. What do you mean? It's what a Japanese like? pumpkin. It's like a green version of a pumpkin. It's like, it's not like a rectangle, but it's not as bulbous and round as regular pumpkin. It's, it, it is like a thinner version of like a shorter version of a pump regular orange pumpkin right mind and blown you just, mind blown adding it to the repertoire it's so good all you, you cook do with is it steam it can like, i carve just, it can i paint it <laughs> <laughs> thanks this one is hunter green color 
Oh, that's classy. It's it's so sweet without anything. And you know, I have a sweet tooth no matter what. So like it feels, and it's so decadent and fiber rich and so many nutrients in it. And I just put a little bit of Bragg's over the steamed. A lot of people like to roast it. It's just so good with so little work. I'm here for that. I have to just defend my basic bitchness too, because (laughs) I am an October 28th birthday. So like I grew up thinking Halloween was for me. Like Mm. I always had a pumpkin patch birthday party. Like I'm going to one of those, by the way, (laughs) Mason's best friend Lilith is having her birthday party on Halloween morning at the pumpkin patch. And I was like, wait, so you're telling me I get to be VIP to the pumpkin patch on Halloween morning. I'm so here for that. Yes. That's how I grew up. So like my pumpkin, this is 46 years running. Like I have always been VIP, very into pumpkin. So I just need to put that out there. I'm not on the Instagram train. I am OG VIP. You are OG pumpkin loving. (laughs) I love that. But but also like we can coexist. I can still have mutual like adoration and respect for you, even though I get upset if somebody starts talking about pumpkin <laughs> and posting their pumpkin latte or pumpkin shea butter in August. Well, I don't drink a PSL. It's so much sugar. I actually, I drink pumpkin coffee, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm, me too. pumpkin coffee, but I don't not that pumpkin syrup crap that they put in it in Starbucks. I don't like that. Mm, me neither. As much as I would love to keep talking about pumpkin all day, <laughs> I'm going to move us on. But coffee is a good segue into our amazing guest. But wait, I want to hear from our listeners. Can you please like leave comments on our Instagram post and tell us where you fall on VIP very into pumpkin? Please. Yeah, big time. We need to know. We need to know what the temperature is out there on the landscape about pumpkin because this look. We bring up the hot topics, you guys. This is like groundbreaking stuff. We can still be friends, even though we're on different sides of the pumpkin aisle. All right. Jamie here. So a few months back, I sat on a virtual panel with an amazing human, and I was truly blown away. And it was apparent that I was not the only one who felt this way. Everyone attending this panel wanted a piece of Dr. Amy Shaw's advice, not only because she's a multifaceted, multi-talented medical practitioner, but because her book, titled, this is so great, I'm so effing tired, a proven plan to beat burnout, boost your energy and reclaim your life is, well, what all of us are trying to navigate on a daily basis. So let's back up and give you a glimpse into this dynamo. So Dr. Amy Shaw has unique training in both nutrition and medicine. She graduated from the renowned School of Nutrition at Cornell and then went on to Einstein for medical school. Her research, internal medicine and allergy immunology training took her to Harvard. Okay. Uh, Then Columbia hospitals. And there she discovered her unique skills as a mind body practitioner but also rediscovered her hate for cold, dark winters. And thus, in 2010, she and her family relocated to Scottsdale, Arizona area. She has been on hundreds of podcasts, including The Bulletproof Radio Show, The Genius Life by Max Lugavere, The Model Health Show, The Broken Brain Podcast, and The Kelly Levesque Podcast. Heidi here, I actually came to know about her when she started as an instructor for the Mind Body Green Nutrition Training Program, being a friend of Mind Body Green myself. 
Jamie again. So this dynamic beauty does not stop at professing health advice. She's also an entrepreneur with a product line that includes supplements, a coconut milk-based chai latte, and a brand new 60-day free program. You get 60 steps over 60 days to optimize your health. I mean, show me the problem. So we're all moms, entrepreneurs, worker bees. I'm an editor-in-chief who's also an author. Jamie is a TV personality who is also a full-time one-on-one wellness coach. Heidi is literally running around the city all day <laughs> teaching yoga, all while designing, running, and shooting content for her very popular yoga app. So basically, we are so effing tired. Amy, let's start there. Help us. This is who I wrote the book for. I am you. I am you. I think we all are on a fast track to burnout and fatigue because that's how our society is structured and it rewards when we skimp on sleep and self care in the name of, you know, hard worker or, you know, working mom or um, entrepreneur burning the candle at both ends or it's literally the badge of achievement in our society to be burned out. And so for us to actually change that narrative, we need to start talking about things that are not like, I'm not talking about having a candlelit bubble bath, which is lovely. And, you know, you should do that if you have the time, but this is simple things like getting a few minutes of sunlight every day could be on a call. You know, this is like simple, simple stuff. So your book starts with a car accident that you had, which you feel was caused by your being overtired, worn down and distracted. Can you tell us that story? Yeah, I think so many people can relate to feeling like your mind is going at a million miles per hour. Everyone is talking, at, but you're in your own head. And what happened to me is, I was building my medical practice and they said to me, you are in charge of building this practice, like a pressure that I had never felt before, financial, academic, respect, and this whole concept of doing it all really kept popping into my head. And the problem was that I was defining all by what the external world was telling me. And that's the crux of the issue. And I had these beautiful two little kids, but that were highly dependent on me for so much. And I wanted to be a good mom. And one day it kind of all came to a head, which it did many days. There was a meeting impromptu at the end of the day at my practice with my partners. And I had to pick up my kids at the same time. And I didn't have the guts or the boundaries to say, Hey guys, I can't do this. I have to pick up my kids. The center will be closing. Instead, I said, sure, because I was embarrassed. Uh, I didn't want them to judge me for being a mom. I was the only woman. And, you know, lots of women can relate to this. And then as a meeting kept going on and on, I kept saying, you know, that, oh my God, this is, we're running late. I'm going to be late. What is this lady going to, she's going to judge me at the same time. I was feeling like if I left early, then I'd be judged by my partner. So anyways, long story short, I ran out of the office building. I literally at the end of the meeting, I literally ran down the back steps, ran into the parking lot, got into my car and I was speeding off because I thought, well, maybe if I drove as fast as I could, I wouldn't be, I would be less embarrassed when I got there because she'd be waiting for me. And I was, uh, I was racing to get them. And at the last turn, turning into the center, I got into a huge car accident. 
a car accident where I had never experienced all the airbags, side, front, rear, everything was coming at me. There was glass. The car was spinning, seemed like minutes, um, but it was probably seconds until I hit the divider. And luckily, I stopped and there was glass all over me and I was full of bruises and blood. And I got out of the car. And the first thing I said is, I need to run to the center to get my kids. And that was the state of my life. And after that, the next few weeks, I was out of work. I was, you know, out of commission as a mom. And I had to think, okay, what am I doing wrong? And how do I fix this? I knew that my life was out of control, literally and figuratively, and I needed to put a handle on it. And the reason I tell this story is that I hope that none of you or nobody in the world has to be in a position like that, where it's life or death in your face. But what I learned from that is, hey, I'm a nutrition graduate. I'm a doctor. If I can't figure it out for myself, like how am I supposed to be telling other people how to live their lives? And so I really dove deep into the research and I said, let me think about what we can, what I can come up with for myself. And I made a lot of mistakes but some things worked and I wrote it down and that was my book. So can you tell us what is the fatigue crisis for women and why it's worse for women? Women are wired to sense of danger. We think in a way that's evolutionarily programmed in us because we carry children. Even if you are not pregnant or don't plan to have any children, you still have that wiring. And when your body senses famine, danger, war, imminent crises, it will shut off the hormonal pathway. And this is why, you know, fertility experts and will ask people who, if they're trying to get pregnant to work on some of these um, pathways. But what happens is women are much more likely to complain of hormonal issues, of GI issues, of fatigue, and we seem to be just wired differently. And the explanation is thought to be because of this hormonal pathway that gets turned on and turned off by danger. So GNRH in our brain is pulsating. It's the start of the hormonal pathway. It's gonadotropin releasing hormone, and that's everything. So basically it starts off the pathway. That's your thyroid hormone. That's your pituitary hormones that go to your ovary, estrogen, and progesterone. And basically every hormone that you've ever heard of starts at that pathway. And that pulsatile's master hormone stops pulsing when it senses extreme stress. So that's why the stress can be dietary stress. So if you are you know, on a very low calorie restrictive diet, as many women know, they will turn off their cycles or cause hormonal shifts. If it's war or famine, or you're going through a very difficult, stressful time, any of those things will turn that off. And um, that's a unique wiring for women. That's wild. (laughs) Um, And I'm curious also about like, how this chemical gets released, because I remember I had a two year fertility journey. And my doctor said, like, well, (laughs) your life isn't that stressful. Like it's not life or death, blah, blah, blah. But it's about how you perceive it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So Heidi, for anyone listening, is the one talking. And I would just imagine that so much of your perception, and you can speak to this because you are the expert, not me, 
relates to how much sleep you have for like the clarity of your mind. Like I, I'm a yoga instructor and I do a lot of things, but I also still see some private clients. And I have one private client that hasn't slept in forever and her balance is off. She cries every time she opens her mouth. She like, and it's, I feel like it all relates back to sleep. And like, we know that sleep can lead to like sugar cravings, gut problems, inflammation, as you mentioned, the hormonal imbalance and people compensate for it. So what should we all be aware of? Yeah. And like, what are you seeing in terms of lack of sleep in people right now? Like what's happening? Heidi, such a good, I was floored when I saw a study that said that getting less than six hours of sleep, six hours or less consistently equates to getting no sleep at all when it comes to concentration, memory, balance, you know, emotional regulation, all the things that you talked about. So we think six hours is enough because people say six to eight hours, you know, like, and we're barely getting to six on most days. And what I learned from that study is, oh my God, like that is not even enough. So, and I know this anecdotally and you do too, right? Like everybody So I guard sleep as if it's like some kind of golden child in my, in my self-care. And so I get made fun of all the time by my friends, by my family. Uh, And when you put boundaries up jokes on them. Yeah. Right. (laughs) When you put boundaries up around sleep, it is like so anti-cultural because you're not going to be able to watch the late night Netflix every night. And you're not going to be able to, you know, do all the things, but I say, it's not about getting eight full hours of sleep every single night. Aim for two or three good nights of sleep. Just even two, like, is still going to put you on the right track. So when we're talking about sleep deprivation, we're talking about chronic sleep deprivation. And what you want to do is you want to have two to three catch-up days where you can get a good night's sleep. And that's kind of makes it less stressful for women because a lot of times we say, get a great night's sleep. And then if you don't, you're like, ah. But if you can aim for two to three nights, I think it's doable for most people. This is Jamie. And when I spoke on that panel with you and I heard you share this exact stat, it blew my mind because as a former New Yorker, also, I know (laughs) you and I are both former New Yorkers. Yeah. Dr. Shaw, I definitely wore that as a badge of honor. I was like, oh yeah, we only need four or five hours of sleep. My husband and I would say that all the time. Like, who were we kidding? And it's good to know that the data proves that I was completely wrong because I can feel it now that I actually get more sleep. And you can catch up a little bit. So other than just catching up on sleep, what the heck can people do? Could you walk us a little bit through your step-by-step process like the cliff notes? Because I know that in your book, you talk about the energy trifecta and how food affects your sleep. And I think that's fascinating. Yeah. Food is the biggest needle mover in our fatigue burnout journey because gut health is the center of our energy. So the gut bacteria, the uh, cells in your gut and your gut bacteria are constantly talking to the rest of your body. They're talking to your brain that, wow, you know, Jamie's eating a whole bunch of weird shit I don't understand. And um, I'm going to call in some troops to figure out what's going on. That's inflammation. There is foods that cause you to be sad or happy, what we call the psychobiotic foods. And there is foods that make you energetic and fatigued. I mean, that's it's just a fact. And so we find that the center of our fatigue is actually in our gut. And our gut is talking to our hormones for women and men, actually. And our gut is talking to our immune system. Our gut is talking to our brain. And when you get that trifecta, the gut, the hormones, and the immune system right, 
then you will start to heal your body. And this is very, sounds really complicated, but it's really simple. Just basically means eat better. And, and, needs, and read your book, right? So we can figure yeah. out exactly how to do that. Okay. Yeah. But and, wait, you know, can we it, backtrack and just ask like, what are some like top three things to yeah. avoid if you want to sleep, please? Oh, yes. If you want to help sleep. our listeners out. Yeah. Okay. If you're trying to sleep, remember that we live on circadian rhythms, an internal clock. And our internal clock for a lot of us is broken or damaged because we get blue light at night. We don't get sunlight during the day. And so sometimes fixing that internal clock is all you really need to kind of jumpstart that sleep. What that means is getting bright sunlight in the morning, right when you wake up or at least before 10 a.m., for example, because our circadian centers will sense that natural light. If you can't get bright sunlight because you live in a place that's super dark, you can use a sun lamp from Amazon. And basically what you do is get that bright sunlight right when you wake up, when you want to wake up, when you want to feel energetic. And that will set the clock for about you know 12 hours from that point, you're going to start to get tired. And your body, if you do this for a couple of days straight, your body will start to sink its clock again. And it needs that light for two to five minutes. Okay. And then you get that light. And then at night, remember, you have to tune it again. So really, you got to avoid that blue light, you know, wearing blue light blocking glasses and just blaring yourself with fluorescent light is not the answer. I'm talking about unplugging from all devices for about an hour. And that's really hard for most people because phones, um, you know, phone, maybe you do 30 minutes, the rest of your devices, you do an hour, you dim the light in your room, you don't do fluorescent target runs, um, you know, with lighting that's bombarding your body and really start a wind down process two to three hours before bed. And these are two things that I think can really change your life in a simple way. It's just basically rewiring that circadian rhythm. That's your internal signal to go to sleep. So that will get that melatonin going. That will get the, and you can use extra melatonin, you know, two to three hours before bed, one to three milligrams to kind of get that jet lag thing going. If you're trying to move up your bedtime and start by moving it up by 20 minutes at a time, and then eventually you'll end up being at the time that you want to go to bed and wake up. We go back to food for a hot second, because I know you talk about intermittent fasting, and it's something I've dabbled with, um, and curious your philosophy on it. Intermittent fasting is one of the best strategies for resetting your gut and improving your fatigue. Now, remember that intermittent fasting is like sleep for your brain, right? It's rest for your gut. And our gut-brain connection is so strong that if your gut is not rested, it's going to be like hungover, just the same way that we feel when our brain is not rested. So you need to rest your gut as well. So the way you would do that is something simple as starting with a 7 p.m. fast and fast till, you know, 7 a.m. And that's 12 hours. And that's super easy. But Americans, we eat about 16 hours a day and rest for only eight hours. So even going to 12 hours or 13 hours or 14 hours is going to give you that kind of gut rest and make you feel refreshed, you know, quote unquote, the next day. I love that reframing because thinking of it, of it as a rest for your gut totally changes everything for me. I love that. Thank you. 
Yeah. Gut rest to me too, because I thought intermittent fasting meant like if you couldn't fast for 16 to 18 hours, you're a failure and that you should just stop. And then when I really read the research, what it really is, is that a 16, 18, 24 hour and more fast is like running, you know, a marathon or running 20 miles. You wouldn't do that on your first couple of days. Yeah. Maybe you never do that because that's not in your wheelhouse, but you want to get some of the benefits of running. And that's the same thing with this kind of intermittent fasting. I call it circadian fasting because it's the same thing as that circadian rhythm for the sleep. It's just giving your gut the rest it needs. So important and so smart. All right, this is Jamie. So before we get to our final little segment, I have a quick listener question. Uh, This one comes from a listener named Courtney. She is Court V. Dean on Instagram, and she has a specific question about supplements. Dr. Shaw, I've heard that deficiencies in D3 and magnesium can cause fatigue and other symptoms. Is there any truth to this? Absolutely. Vitamin D3 is the, when I was in training, was the immune vitamin of the year. It's been the sleep vitamin of the year. It's the hormone vitamin of the year. It works as a hormone in our bodies. It is absolutely necessary for the proper functioning of our body and definitely for fatigue. Um, So this is something that you can easily get checked from your um, doctor. And a lot of us are deficient because we're just not spending as much time outside and we're not processing vitamin D very well, even with sunlight. And so getting a good supplement for that can markedly change your um, symptoms of fatigue. And same thing with magnesium. I would say vitamin D is number one. And then magnesium can definitely help you sleep like melatonin would be a nice thing to reset your body, ease your muscles. It has multiple effects. You can get one that actually helps you clear your bowels. There's all different kinds of magnesium. Magnesium can be really helpful. Uh, That's not one I necessarily have every day because I can get it through foods, but vitamin D is something I actually take every single day. Awesome. Excellent advice. So we're going to move on to our last thing. We do a a little segment called Karma Call, and I'm going to let our girls sing it loud and proud. But first of all, I just had to ask so everybody can follow you because we are off the gram podcast. Where can people find you on the gram? And also where can they go to learn more about your 60 day program? Yeah, this is great. I'm at fasting MD. And the funny thing is, is I started to say like, I'm talking about all these other things besides fasting, but I can't change my name on Instagram after a certain love, like Please. So I'm forever, maybe fasting MD. I'm also at Amy Shaw MD on like Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn. And my free 60 day challenge is basically like, I thought, wow, people read my book and they want a challenge to, you know, get them on the right page. It's literally tiny steps that you can take every single day for 60 days add it on and you will be a new person. I'm a big believer in tiny steps, making big changes because that's how I changed my life. Well, uh, that just works perfectly for our last segment, which is called Meg's Karma Call. So Megan just says it better, but I'm the resident (laughs) yogi. So I will explain that for anyone that doesn't know, karma is the Sanskrit word for action. So we ask all of our amazing knowledge-filled guests, you, what is one small actionable item that someone could do for like a week or two, very small step that would yield a giant result? 
Okay. I was going to say something else, but I'm changing my answer. My answer is build one boundary that you're going to stick to. So maybe it's no texting or phone calls after 8 PM and no email. You know, that one for me, that boundary was so hard because there was people that I was like, I'm going to disappoint all these people who need to get to me or think, but then they learned and they were able to know that, Hey, this is a boundary she put up and it is what it is. And so my other answer was going to be get a few minutes of natural uh, nature time every single day. So you can get the sunlight and the nature sound. But I changed my answer because the boundary thing is just like so important. Amazing and very empowering too. (laughs) Thank you so much. We, I think we nailed it in under 30 minutes because I know you have to go see another patient and move on with your busy day. (laughs) But thank you for helping us get grounded and make our busy days seem a little less daunting. Oh, thank you so much for having me, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Amy Shah has left the chat. All right. What did you guys think? I mean, I'm actually fascinated about the correlation that she makes between the fasting and like giving your gut a break, like Megan was focusing on and the sleep. Like I, I was actually a little confused, Jane, when you brought her up as a sleep doctor and I was like, but she's the fasting MD. What are you talking about? I don't get it. I know. I think that's super cool and such an amazing way to look at it. Like I've always known that from like, you know, certifications and nutrition and blah, 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 that your gut needs the rest. And like, I knew anecdotally that like, I would have a bad dream if I ate a dessert late night too close to bed because my body was still working. And so my brain was like all over the place, but I love that idea of giving your gut a rest. That was a perfect reframe for me because like, even my OBG recently was like, I think you got to start intermittent fasting, but like the why was never compelling enough. Oh, my gut needs a rest fine. I'm really all about sleep. So great. I'm giving my my gut a rest tomorrow morning. I can't wait. Well, you know what? And I think it's so crazy because usually the advice given to people is like, just get eight hours of sleep. Just put your blue light phone away. That's it. That's all anyone ever says. And like, there's so much more that we could be doing to get to get restful sleep, to wake ourselves up the right way. I went out this morning because I, a funny story, I tried to go to a spin class and my garage door wouldn't open and my husband's out of town. And I was like, wait, suburb problems. I don't, I've never had this before. My car is stuck in the garage. So instead I went out and I took a run, which I hadn't done in a little while. And my entire day has been on fire. And it is because for the first time in a couple of weeks, I got out and spent an hour outside in the sunshine in nature this morning. I also love how short of a time that she gave you that you needed. Didn't she say like three to five minutes, minutes? which when I moved down to financial district in New York city, for anyone that's not in New York, it's Heidi. Friday gets like no light, no matter where you live or how high up you live, because like the world trade center is next to you. So there's no light coming in your windows really most of the day. And so I bought one of those blue lights because I actually got the sunlight sunlight, right? Yeah, the sun one, the sun replicating lamp. And I just remember being like, I don't think it's going to work. I never think anything's going to work. And like day three of using it, I was walking on the sidewalk and all of a sudden I just felt this thing in my chest and it was happiness. I kid you not. Yeah, I was like, what? What? I I feel, (laughs) I feel happy. 
Like, it was so crazy. I'm just going to go thank Dempsey because I get my son because of the dog. Mm-hmm. I got to well, the dog. There, and there's research that shows people who have pets are happier. That could be part of it. Totally. And also that must add to, po- to postpartum depression because you don't ever leave your house when you have yes. a newborn. So you don't ever get that hit of outside. But again, like back to this, like three to five minutes, I was like, do I need this lamp on me for an hour every morning? Like, well, so I love right. that, that it's three I, to five minutes. I like that. It's just like, there's a little robot up there. Like you turn the thing on, it sets your body smarter than you. You know what I mean? You set mm. it up. You're like, hello. I'm giving you an alert. It's morning. And then your body just rocks and rolls with it. We try to like, you know, micromanage and biohack everything. But the reality is our body knows what to do. Just give it a little help. And then and you keep listen. It moving. Yeah. You have to listen. And listen to it. Oh, yeah, that's the hard rest. One. It is. Love that. <laughs> All right, girls. This was a good one. I think this definitely helped the three of us and hopefully helps a lot of people out there. Thank you so much to everybody for tuning in today. We love you. Don't forget to follow us on the gram and off the gram podcast. And also don't forget to subscribe to the show anywhere podcasts can be consumed. We'll see you next time.